everyone, and welcome to the First Day Pod. I am Leanne. Hello, your hostess. Um, Mike will not be with us tonight. Um, <laughs> I actually have a funny story. So he texted me and said, um, I am not going to make it. <laughs> But I am a very optimistic person, so I somehow ignored the part that said not and read, I'm going to make it. So um, I've just been waiting for him to let me in to the studio and then realized, no, you read that wrong. So he will not be able to make it tonight, and I am going to be here with you on my own. I'm really hoping that you guys are going to be in the comments having this conversation with me because that is absolutely my favorite part of the podcast. Um, for those of you that are maybe new to First Day Pod, welcome. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us. That is super, super, uh, just, it makes me feel so good knowing that people are listening to us and connecting with us. Um, and if you do not know, we have a book club that we do every Monday night at 8 p.m. We've been doing it for a couple of years now, every single week. And the book that we just finished is called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. And um, if you guys have read that book, then you recognize the title of this episode. So we're talking about cultivating meaningful connection. We alluded to that. We started talking about it last week uh, during the podcast. And this is going to be a really, I think, a really good conversation tonight because last night in the book club, um, we had a smaller group than usual. I think there were about six or seven of us and the conversation was incredible. Um, because the things that we're realizing is a lot of the time, the connection that we're making is not meaningful. Um, and so we're going to get into a lot of different parts of that. Also, if this is the first time that you are watching us live, either on YouTube or in Facebook, or I believe Twitch, um, if you're watching us live and you comment, I am going to pull your comment right onto the screen and you're going to become a part of our podcast. So if you're also listening to this uh, just audio, you're going to notice very quickly that this is a very different podcast format than you may be used to. Um, it's more of a conversation. So sometimes we have interviews. I love those. Um, so you'll definitely hear two people back and forth. Um, but a lot of the time it's either just me or me and Mike. And, um, we just pull people that are listening live right onto the screen with us, um, in their comment form. So they could be in their pajamas if they want to. Um, and that's how we have the conversation. So the first comment we have is all by yourself tonight. Is he helping with that situation? Okay. So, um, I'm actually not sure if there's, um, if he's helping with anything that's going on. I'm assuming that you're talking about Matt. Um, so, um, I'm not sure why he's not able to, I think, I think he's just really busy. Um, but I'll find out. I hope nothing has happened. I just came in from a meeting, so I'm a little bit disjointed about what's going on in our family <laughs> just for the last couple hours. And I could just be about anything. Um, so I guess where I can start, Josh, I'm glad that you kind of, kind of brought that up. And I think that's what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to bring up 
a conversation that I didn't think I was going to. Um, I just didn't think about it. And it is a conversation. So um, Matt, who is, yes. Okay, good, Josh. So Matt, which is Mike's brother and um, Josh's brother, he has recently um, had some uh, issues, um, I believe, with like opioid addiction. There's been um, some things going on and he has gotten treatment. It has been wonderful. Um, but in the treatment center that he was in, there's a an anxiety, an anxiety pill that he needed um, in order for him to cope with his anxiety, his crippling anxiety. And um, in that treatment center, they don't allow that pill. And uh, I don't understand it. I have a really hard time with it because um, there should be nuance to this. There should be, especially if you're in a treatment facility, you should be able to have this monitored. Um, but because he knew his body and he knew that he needed this medication, um, the option was either don't take this medication, deal with your anxiety on your own, basically, I guess. I don't know what the other option would have been. Um, or it would have, okay, so Josh says there's a reason for that. And Okay, so you can maybe tell me because I don't understand it. I mean, I I kind of understand it, but I also don't understand it. So um, anyway, so the option was either decide not to have this um, or I can give you a tent and you can go and live outside. Um, and so Matt knew what he needed. Um, Matt knew what he needed. And so the other option was to live homeless with a tent. Um, and it just broke our heart. We live in Canada. We can't have him here, unfortunately. Otherwise we would. He has a job, um, in Ann Arbor, which is an hour away from us. Um, and that's without border traffic. And, um, so Mike decided to do a GoFundMe, and that is where we really realized how much connection there can be even among strangers who can connect on vulnerable, just real issues. Um, so I want to thank on behalf of Mike and Matt and Josh um, and the whole family, all of us, for the outpouring of support in that. It has been absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And um, he's able to uh, get housing as he's waiting He's got a job, like I said, but in order for him to be able to save up in order to get a place, um, he needed to find some sort of um, funding for that. So anyway, the connection there was because Mike was able to be vulnerable and say what was going on, um, obviously with Matt's, you know, consent, he didn't just go and, and I, the only reason why I'm having this conversation is because it's all over you know, Twitter. So people see it. It's a public format. Matt was very comfortable with people knowing. Um, and I realized that I have a lot of shame around asking for help. And that is something that I kind of knew about myself. Um, but I'm really the last couple of years learning a lot about me, about how I handle things and what we're really, what I'm really, really realizing is 
that in order for us to have real connection with people, and Brene Brown says this, um, I posted a, a video, it was like a short kind of thing. In order for us to have real, solid, deep connection with other people, we can only do that as far as we're able to have that with ourselves. We need to know who we are before we're able to connect authentically with somebody else. Um, And so one of the things that I am realizing is that I have a very hard time with asking for help because immediately when I found out that Mike did this, my initial gut reaction was, oh my gosh, why did you do that? Don't ask strangers for help. Like we will figure out how we can do this. And um, before I could even have that thought, um, because he told me um, at night I was sleeping, like we, he texted me um, to tell me what he did. And then when I woke up, we already had a lot of people outpoured to support him. And I realized my shame around asking for help would have deterred that from happening. Not only would it have deterred it from, you know, Matt getting the support that he needed, but also it would have prevented the people that want to give support, the people that want to genuinely help, it would have taken that away from them as well. So it's very, very interesting. Okay, so I'm just going to pop up a couple of these comments right now. Like I said, I don't read them prior. I just kind of put them on here and then we go through them as they're here. So um, Josh says the medication has multiple uses. Okay, so that I understand. That's the the reason for it. But I do believe that there's probably a better option. You know, like if you know that that is going to help then and you're in a treatment center, then why can't that be just regulated in a way that it gives him the support that he needs in order to function within his anxiety um, and not be taken advantage of or or whatever. Um, So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, The next thing is, sorry to derail the conversation a little. No, Josh, thank you so much for bringing it up because I was kind of on this like mindset, like, okay, we're going to get in this and we're going to have the conversation about the book and about connection and what better way than real life situation to explain how connection actually happens. Um, that derails real connection when we have shame to ask for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I think that's a big part of why, so I'm able to connect People are able to feel like they're connected to me. Um, they're they're able to feel connected to me. And I have a little bit of a difficult time feeling connected to other people. I see that they feel very connected to me, but I don't have that same connection. And that's where I'm realizing that because I'm not willing to be, or I was not able or willing to be very vulnerable, um, that inhibited me from having real true connection. Um, That's not to say that, like I say all the time, you guys, is if we're going to look at the world like it's black and white, right and and wrong, and, um, you know, I'm either this way or this way, our whole life is a nuance. Our whole life is we're one way um, most of the time. And then we can very quickly 
you know, change to something else. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that we're lying. It doesn't mean that we're inauthentic. It just means that different parts of us are going to be popping out. And um, I don't know where (laughs) I was going from that because then Mike popped in and said, you look fabulous. And that derailed me because I did see that. So (laughs) thank you, honey. Um, anyway. Okay. So the, the whole point is us being vulnerable. Now part of the book, and I highly, 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 highly recommend this book. You guys, um, I don't know if I can show it in here. There it is. Atlas of the heart. It's by Brene Brown. I highly recommend that you buy this book. And if you are, do not have the ability to be able to buy the book, um, because it is a little bit more expensive because it is like a textbook. It's, it's a very thick, wonderful book. If you are not able to purchase it, please reach out to us. We do have a free PDF that I would be more than happy to share with you because I think this is a really important book in this book. Um, she talks, the whole premise of the book is yes, absolutely. Josh says, check out her Ted talks as well. 100%. She is really fabulous. And it was funny because I was, um, going into my bookshelf and I was looking for another book that I had to pull out, um, just to get a little bit of information. I, I keep, I'd like to know from you guys, do you guys keep the books that you read? Um, I know I've got some friends that they don't, they read it and then they gift the book to somebody else. Um, but I, I'm not a hoarder of books, but a lot of the books, I keep as reference and I refer back to them. Um, so anyway, so I was going in to go and get another book. Actually, it was for a recipe that I wanted to get that Facebook reminded me that I had made 10 years ago. And I was like, Ooh, I want that. So I went to go and get that. And I realized I've got four of Brene's books and I've read all four of Brene's books, which is a big deal for me because outside of book club, I have not read a ton of books, um, in its entirety. Uh, and that is why we formed the book club because I needed accountability around it. (laughs) Anyway, this book is very different. This book is all based, um, good books. Okay. So Josh says good books. I do. So you keep the good books or you gift the good books. I'm curious. Um, So what this book is all about, it's actually called, it's called Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human Experience. Um, What this book does is it breaks down 87 um, emotions and what their true meaning is and what that lived experience around those emotions are. Um, us having the language to be able to explain what we're feeling when we're feeling it, not only to other people, but even to ourselves is really, really important. And that's something that we really, as a whole, as a society, do not have. That is a really, really tough thing. And I thought that I did. Um, I thought I had a pretty good grasp. I've been reading personal development and professional development books, um, probably for a good 20 years, probably longer actually, to be quite honest, but let's say 20 years, probably 25 or 30. 
Um, cause that has always been my go-to. I've always been fascinated by it. I, in university, I was studying psychology. I absolutely adore it. Um, so I thought I had a pretty good grasp, but when I was reading this book, I have almost every page is starred exclamation marks, dog ears, highlighted, underlined, like it is a true textbook that I will be referring back to because there's nuance with certain words that we think or they've gotten bad raps, like pride. Pride is not a bad thing, but because of all of the ego and uh, the way that people show up, it has a bad rap and it's not. We need to be proud of ourselves. We need to be celebrating those wins when we have them. We need to be feeling good about the accomplishments we have. But there's a very big difference between that and, you know, boasting in a way that we don't, we didn't earn it. Um, Because then we're, we have this faulty sense, you know, of pride. And that's just one of them. So this book has been really, really eye-opening for me. The last chapter, and that's why we're talking about, um, that's why we're talking about um, cultivating meaningful connection. This last chapter was, um, was all about, it was kind of wrapping it all up. And what they talked a, a lot about was the near enemies and the far enemies of the three ways of us cultivating connection. The three ways that Brene talks about cultivating connection, three things that we absolutely need to do is we need to develop grounded confidence. We need to practice the courage to walk alongside others. Um, And we need to practice story stewardship. So I think I started talking at the beginning of this and then I got squirreled. I don't think I finished my thought. And so I'm going to go back to that is um, when I was saying that I, I have not developed a lot of um, really deep connection with people because I was not willing to be vulnerable. I was not willing to share. And before this podcast, um, there was a lot of me that people did not know about and not it, the reason I think the biggest reason was mainly shame. There was a lot of things um, I have, I have had, I still deal with, um, where I feel like people are just nice to me, friends with me, um, because they feel bad for me. That's something I'm working on. I've had a lot of growth in that in the last couple of years, um, but because I have that, I've never really felt that I should be sharing any more about my life with people because why would they care? Why would they need to listen? Why my story isn't important? All of that. Um, With this podcast, because I share, um, I'm realizing that is what is developing connection. Uh, One of the big things about story stewardship that she talks about is just sharing your story with anybody all the time, isn't the same, isn't going to give you the connection that you need. We need to realize that our story is very important, but also our story is sacred. And if somebody is sharing their story with us, their story is very important 
and their story is very sacred. And we need to go into these conversations understanding that and protecting that. So we don't necessarily, we're not going to get that connection just by going up to people and telling them of the trauma that we've had. But if you are in a trusted relationship and if you're in a community that they have earned the right to hear your story, that is where the connection begins. And so that's one of the things that I love about this podcast is that walking into this podcast, I want you to know that we are here to hear your story. In the comments, I love when you guys share your story of how it relates to the topic that we're talking about that week. Um, because this isn't this isn't a podcast just about Mike and I's relationship or lifestyle or whatever. This is about real things that are happening every day. And how can we, how can we make the most of our life? Really, every day is the first day of the rest of our lives. And we get to choose how we're going to create and design that life. And it doesn't matter what happened in the past. Um, we have the ability to be able to do this. One of the biggest things that we need is connection. We need belonging. And um, if we don't have that, we're not going to be able to grow the way that we want to. We're not going to be able to feel, feel fulfilled. Um, we can get all the accolades. We can get all of the attaboys. We can get all of the promotions. We can get all of the material things. We can get all of it. And we can still feel lonely, empty, and unfulfilled. And the connection piece is the piece that we have to work on. And like Brene says, the, the practice of learning who we are, that's our life's work. That's not a, she's been doing this for 30 years. And she's still, when she's asked, who are you? She says she's a complex human being. Like she doesn't have the full answer. And she, I don't think she ever will. I don't think any of us will have the true full answer of who we are because we are complex beings because we do have so many different facets in ourselves. Um, okay. So I'm going to continue on, but, um, Josh says, yes, he keeps the books. Okay. If they're good. And then it's the social stigma around pride that shines a negative light on pride. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And this whole social, we want this connection. Okay. Hold on one second. Um, Josh also says, I feel that saying the first day is because no day other than that day could be promised. So living every day, like it is the first day of the rest of our lives. Absolutely. 100%. And we're not, we're not promised like, yes, we're promised this moment if we're alive, but we're not even promised the full day. And so, yes, it is the first day. This is all we've got. And the really cool thing is, is that it does not matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't. I mean, if something happened yesterday that you need to take ownership of, you know, that's, it's very different, but we are able to create whatever we want in our lives. And yes, there's a lot of, you know, depending on your circumstance of where you are, it may be more difficult. And we have a lot of unfair systematic things that are set up. Um, but one thing that we all have control over is the way that we feel about ourselves. That is just a fact. 
We have control over that. Now, yes, there are people that have mental um, issues and disorders that could prevent them from that. That I will 100%. I totally understand that. But we can always be working on the way that we feel and the way that we look at ourselves and learning more about ourselves, being curious about ourselves. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Um, and we need to be looking at what is, what is our potential? Like, where can we be? And every day stepping into that future self, you know, um, because that's, what's going to get us excited and having that connection, um, having that connection with people is going to be a big part of it. There's nobody that says, oh my gosh, I would just love to live on an island and never see anybody and just be by myself. Sure, some moms might feel that way and they might say that, right? Like you're having a day and you're just like, just leave me alone. Um, There's a lot of us that feel that way that like, you know what? I just want to have the house to myself for one moment. I don't want to see anybody, but you do not want to sustain that because we are creatures that need belonging. One of the nuances inside of this book was, um, okay, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Sorry, audio listeners. So uh, Josh says, so the title of this podcast just took that meaning, at least for me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, and I think that's why, like, when we call it the first day pod, it it has a lot of meanings. And in the very beginning, the meaning was that, you know, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of our lives because Mike and I were always on this like quest, um, of, you know, getting healthier and being the best version of ourselves. And then as it progressed, we realized that today is the first day of the rest of our lives. Um, and now we realize it's just now, right now we get to make a decision and it's just make the best next decision. That's it. That's all that we can do. Um, so now, Okay, so now am I going to be able to get back to where I was? I was talking about oh, the nuance. One of the um, the distinctions that she makes is the dif- the um, the difference between belonging and fitting in. And actually, fitting in is the opposite of belonging. It's not even close. Fitting in is where we are changing who we are in order to fit in with certain people, with a group, with, um, to feel good enough and to feel, to feel that belonging, but it's not actual, it's not actual belonging that we're feeling because if we have to change ourselves, that's not true belonging. Um, so that's kind of what this book is all about. It's all about, these words that we think that we're using and we've been using them. Some of them we've been using, right? But a lot of them we've been using improperly. And that's what makes it really confusing for us to understand how we're feeling, to understand ourselves, because we might be, you know, always feeling, always feeling sad. And it's like, oh my gosh, well then I must be depressed because I'm, I'm always sad because you only have the vocabulary to be able to explain when you're not happy, you're sad. But there are so many things that we can be feeling that don't feel great, but maybe they're not sadness. Maybe it's just overwhelm. Maybe we're feeling jealous. Maybe we're feeling um, envious. Maybe we're feeling 
uh, angry. Maybe we're feeling frustrated and getting this vocabulary to be able to explain what we're feeling. That's part of the connection piece, because then we're able to understand ourselves more. We're able to understand ourselves deeply on a different level. And then when we get to that point that we can really understand who we are, we're able to connect with people a lot differently. Um, so the near enemies, when she's talking about near enemies versus far enemies, those are things like she talks about spirituality can be, um, a near enemy. Um, so we can be, there are a lot of people and I have, I have dealt with this. I actually dealt with this at a very young age. Um, I had a lot of friends that I knew from church and I saw it very quickly that this feeling of being spiritual or being in a religion, um, that, that meant that we were closer to connection and closer to all of this stuff of being the best version of ourselves. And this isn't exactly how she explains it, but this is how I take it. Um, so she does explain about the difference between spirituality and religion. And there are a lot of people that are atheists and they, they say that they're atheists, but they have such a beautiful heart that they live the spiritual life of, of connection and love and non-judgment and all of the things that we are supposed to, not supposed to, but that we get to be, to be kind human beings. Um, and then there are people that are very religious, that are very judgy, that are their spirituality or their religion um, is actually making them disconnected from the world around them. They're disconnected from all of the humans around them um, because they feel so connected to something and they're not living that. They're not in line with, with that message and, and who, they're, who they could be. So, um, so that's a big, that it's a big part of having these like near enemies that you like far enemies are, you know, um, things that are very, very distinct. So like, uh, okay. So one of the examples inside of the book is, um, for us to, for us to walk alongside somebody, let's say. So the skill that we would have to have is, practicing compassion. Okay. So that's one of the things that we need to do in order to be able to walk along somebody that is struggling and not be powering over them and controlling them and trying to fix them and trying to help them, but simply being with them in that situation. And so we have to practice compassion. So a far enemy of that is to practice cruelty, right? To be, to be mean to them and to be hurtful. And that enemy, it's, it's, I mean, it's awful, but that is not going to slip you up. That's not going to slip you up in, in, in being compassionate because it's the complete opposite. So it's so far detached from this that you don't look at it like, oh gosh, I wonder. Um, but the near enemy 
of practicing compassion is showing pity and comparing suffering. So when we start pitying other, I feel so bad for you. Oh my gosh. That seems like it is compassionate. It, it seems like I am, you know, feeling, um, I'm feeling and practicing compassion with you, but actually that's an enemy because it is, it is separating us. It is saying that I feel bad for you because I, I never feel that way. So, oh gosh, you know, I can't believe that you are that type of person to feel that feeling. Um, even though the majority of the feelings that we all feel, all of us feel at some time. So we can connect on that if we were vulnerable to admit that we've dealt with these issues. Um, so the near enemy is feeling pity for people because it actually, that's what disconnects us. Um, so there's a lot of them inside of this book that it's things that we think we're doing um, that are helping connect us, but it's actually pushing us further away. It's putting a us versus them type of thing out there. Um, so I was I was hoping to have like more. I thought maybe some of the people from book club would be here too um, to talk about like the the things that we had in here. Um, Josh, I am so happy that you're here. I love the comments is always my favorite part. Um, so, okay. So the other thing, um, that I realized that I do, one of the biggest things that I realized there was a talk in here about, um, it's called narrative takeover and narrative tap out. And those are two things that I realized I do a lot. Um, so narrative tapping out is where you will, somebody will tell you something that they're trying to connect with you on a certain level, or they may be coming to you for help, or they may be coming to you with something that they're feeling. And you're just, you don't have the time or the capacity or you don't care to hear about it. And instead of saying, Hey, you know what? I'm really sorry, but I just don't have the capacity to take this on right now. That would be a very good way of handling it. But tapping out is saying, Oh gosh, I feel so bad for you. Okay. Um, so anyway, did you get that, um, email that I sent you and just like totally changing the conversation? Um, I do that a lot that like, you know, and I realized that I do this a lot. And I, I realized it while I was reading this chapter. I didn't realize it in the moment of me doing it. Um, but I brush people's feelings off sometimes because I'm just, I, I'm just burnt out with hearing from certain people. Um, and I had that conversation in book club today or yesterday because it was, it was a, a question that I had is when you hear the same thing from the same person and they're complaining about it all the time and it's the exact same message and they're not doing anything to change their their narrative. They're not doing anything to change their situation. Um, because I'm fine with people telling me that, you know, not life, life isn't always great. Life sucks sometimes. And like, I'm there for you. If life sucks, I have a friend right now that her dad is not doing well and 
it sucks. Like it just does. And I am just there for her. Um, I can't do anything to fix it. I can't do anything. I can't say anything that is going to necessarily be helpful, but I can be there for her. Um, but then I also have people in my life that complain about the same thing all the time. And that's what the conversation is. It's draining to me and I just don't want to hear it. So when I hear it start, then I say, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hope, hope it's better. Like, I don't know. And then I just move on. Um, that is, that's not at all building connection with people. And what my question was, is how do you, how do you handle that with people that are constantly doing the same thing? Um, and not changing anything about it. And one of the gals in the group had really great advice, I think. She said, it's difficult to have these conversations, but to have the conversation and say, hey, you know what? We've been here before and what's changed? And then listen, ask that question and then listen. And there might not be anything that comes after that because nothing has changed but it'll get them to start thinking differently because sometimes people are just in a rut of, or a habit of, of complaining about the same thing and never being challenged. Um, so we have to have, start having those conversations and not tapping out the way that I have. Um, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very comfortable, well, not very comfortable, but I am comfortable having difficult conversations with people that I care about. Um, but sometimes I just, I just give up. The other thing is the takeover and the narrative takeover is where you, instead of sitting in it with that person, you just try to help. You just go right in to, okay, well then uh, what are we going to do? Like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and talk to that person, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to do that. Or, um, you know, or you, you kind of, say, oh, well, did you ever think that maybe this was like, maybe you're just being too sensitive about this, or maybe you're just da 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 and putting it back on them and just like changing the narrative from what they're feeling. Cause what they're feeling is accurate to them. Even if you see it differently, what they're feeling is accurate for them. And so the narrative takeover is where you try to change the narrative. And I can't believe that I do this, but I do this a lot. And that is something that I need to change. Um, and I'm going to be changing. It's just going to be, it's going to be a lot. And it comes down to being aware. And we've talked about this in episodes before. If we're not aware of what we're doing, there's no way to change it. There's just no way because that's the first step. Um, sorry, Josh. Okay. So what do you have going on here? So it says comparing suffering does not really create connection. It actually creates distance and disconnect because most people begin to turn that concept into a competition. Yes, we talked about that last night too. It's that one-upmanship. It's the, oh gosh, I, you had a bad day? Let me tell you about my bad day. No, nobody cares. That person just wants to talk about their bad day. Um, they have a headache. Uh, so that was, I don't know if that was a conversation that we had last night or if it was in a podcast that I listened to. Boy, I get a lot of, a lot of messages in my mind uh, throughout the week between podcasts and and this podcast, our book club, all of it, and friends. Um, but I heard it somewhere that they were talking about this exact thing about, you know, somebody will come up and say, oh, gosh, I really have a headache. And I just and then instead of saying, oh, you know, 
when did this start or how are you like you know how did this happen like what are you what have you been doing or whatever and having conversation about it um instead you're like oh yeah i know i've had a headache for the last week like that upmanship or that competition josh you're absolutely right there's there's no comp there's no connection that's happening inside of there um so listening being curious is another big, big thing. And that's where that grounded confidence that she was talking about. Um, that's a big part of it is being confident and knowing yourself and being confident to be able to be curious and ask questions. And um, that's hard. And that's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, because we also want to belong and we also want to feel like we're connected to people. And, you know, there's something to, um, we've all learned, well, maybe we haven't all learned this, but I've learned this really early on is that there's a mirroring that you're able to do that I have just done naturally. I guess I, I realized that I did it because I remember being in a psychology class and that's the first time that I had learned about mirroring. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do that naturally with people when I'm in a room. Um, I mirror other people's reactions, their facial, their, all of that. Like if I smile, other people will smile and that's a mirroring and you'll have that like instant connection because you both are feeling the same kind of energetic um, thing. If you mirror what other people say, if you mirror what other people are doing, they feel connected because you, you're like them. Um, I did it naturally. I wasn't doing it to like, um, I wasn't doing it to get something from people or to to fit in. Um, but that's actually what is happening is when you're mirroring, you're trying to fit in and you're not being an authentic version of yourself. Um, Okay. So Josh, what else do you have here? So maybe sometimes in certain situations, just promoting the idea of, have you tried? It creates a situation where one person will at least entertain the idea and move the conversation just a little. That's a really good, yes. Yeah. That's really a good way of saying it. Have you tried? Um, I've tried that with people and sometimes, sometimes it just ends up being, yeah, I've tried everything, right? We know those people and that's fine. But if we can just get these tools so they're in their, our arsenal um, and being able to use it with different people, then sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't. Won't. But I like that. Have you tried and using that a little bit more often? Um, Josh says, I have found doing this and promoting a new idea creates meaning, uh, meaningful, at least conversation. Right. Even if they're not open to it, having that conversation about it um, could also spark different. That's what masterminding is all about. And like, you don't have to be in an actual mastermind group to mastermind. As soon as two minds go together, you create a third if you're having a conversation that's open. Um, so yeah, I love that. And then Josh says many people do mirroring as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not a meaningful connection when we're doing that. It's a very surface. It's good for us to be able to just get by. Um, but it's, it's not a way of, of having meaningful connection. Um, and so questioning other people, even if it's uncomfortable being curious, but from a kind way of just wanting to understand 
um, is part of what we need to be doing. Okay, you guys. This is 43 minutes and we really want to try to keep this between like 30 and 45 minutes. Um, so we're going to continue the conversation next week. Uh, if you guys have topics that you want to be discussing, uh, please email us firstdaypod at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. Um, if you have any kind of comments, if you're not able to share with us, um, in the live at eight o'clock on Tuesday nights. Uh, but you do have something that you want to say about the certain topic that we're going to be talking about. Please feel free to email us. We used to get the emails and read them online or on the show. And I would love to get back to that as well. So, um, Josh, thank you so much for being here. Other eyeballs. Hello. And thank you for watching us. Um, I do see that we have other viewers. You didn't want to share in the comments and that is totally okay. But hopefully next time you're here, you will consider doing that with us. And um, I love you guys all so much. I really do. I am so grateful that you are in our community and that you are sharing this life journey with us. So um, we are starting a new book next Monday or this Monday coming up, I guess now. It's called um, A Man Called Ove. Uh, it's very similar, I guess, to the movie A Man Called Otto. Um, that's a whole nother story. Um, but anyway, the book will be starting next week. So I also have a PDF version of that. If you would like to become a, a part of our book club and you want to see what it's all about, I can give you that and you can start reading with us. Um, that is it. I hope you guys all have a wonderful, wonderful night, fabulous week, and we will see you here again next Tuesday, 8 p.m. on Facebook or YouTube. Day five. Bye, everyone. Love you. Bye.